Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome back to the School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, and we aim to talk about all that is good and true. That's true. Especially as it applies to our human nature, thus the school of humanity. Wow. Um. <laughs> Today we will be taking the angle of the, the discernment, discernment of spirits. spirits. Wow, yes. that was really well done. We didn't even practice that. That was I good. I know. I know. Okay. Mm, uh, so we will continue from our last podcast. Hopefully you listen. We talk about rule one. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember, but um, rule one, when we ended that podcast, you talked about how painful it is like to give up the things that are our vices to give up the things that are separating us from God. And it made me, we were running out of time, so I didn't get to talk about it, but it made me think about, um, a skit that I saw once at a retreat that I helped at. It was at Holy family. So shout out to Gail Zambito and all of the Holy family parishioners. And of course to, uh, father Benjamin, who's over there as well. But, um, Just name dropping like crazy. Sorry, I know people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the um, at this retreat, they did a skit that was kind of, I think it was called The Chisel. Um, but it was this thing where this girl, like a teenage girl, was saying that she wanted to know God. Mm-hmm. And that she wanted to be like him and all these things. And so something along these lines. But the reason why it made me think of this was that here comes God and he has a chisel and he says to her, do you really want to do this? Like, it's going to be very painful Mm -hmm. to take this route. And she says, yes. And he says, okay, well we have to get rid of, and he starts naming all of these things. You know, we have to get rid of the fact that you gossip and, and then chips away, you know, at these things. And I mean, eventually it gets down to the things that are not so surfacey, you know, not so, uh, I don't think surfacey is a word. Superficial. Superficial. Thank you. Wow, you're so smart. That's why um, I'm here. <laughs> it start. It starts to go deeper than the superficial things that we try to bring. You know, like we're like, oh, you know, I gossip today. I raised my voice, and then he tries to go deeper into the reasons. You know, behind why you do those, those. things. Yeah. And it's amazing in the skit because he, as he continues chipping away and gets to the things that are even deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, the girl starts crying out in pain, but then is able to bask in the beauty and the peace that remains once all the pain is gone. Right. Um, What do you think about the fact that maybe, you know, they say like there's nothing to fear except fear itself. Right. It's like these things that it is painful, you know, but it's painful, I think, mostly because of the fear that the enemy sets in your heart that you know if you leave these things yeah right like you won't be anything without them um and so the courage that it takes to to stand in the face of that and and turn away from sin in light uh even in light of that is uh it it takes a great amount of courage but again evil is uh, not something it's a perversion of the good so it's it's almost like a facade Right. You know what I'm you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the best acronym that I'd ever heard of fear was that it was false evidence appearing real. 
Oh yeah, that's good. I like that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but that it's not, there's nothing true about it at right. all. Right. Because you also hear about the spiritual, um, you know, um, writers talking about the fact that the enemy really can't do anything to you uh, without your permission. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it really takes your permission um, to let those things affect you. So... Right. And so, I mean, that's the big thing. I, I used to love reading um, one of my favorite quotes, which I'll get really wrong right now. Um, listen, I can't remember facts and people's names because I'm pregnant and the baby's stealing my brain cells. That's scientific, right? Is that, a, is that scientific? <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> I'm just hoping that we'll move on quickly. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> but the... Um, and there was a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt that said, no one can make you feel inferior without your permission. Yeah, yeah. I like and I that. I mean, it's the truth. It is the truth. You know, the enemy, whether or not we subconsciously or consciously do it, the enemy cannot have any power except for by us allowing them to. You know, it was, it was this actually reminds me of another chat that I had with Gabriel today. Um he he has a he has he was just facing kind of a hard thing going on at school and he had said, you know, this person's not that nice. And I said, Well, I said, I understand that. I said, Well, you can't not go to school and he was like, I know and I said, Well, is it gonna affect your day? And he said, Yes. And I said, Well, do you know who's in control of whether or not your day is good or bad? Right. And he, he pointed at himself. Yeah. He said, it's me. He knows. And I said, exactly. <laughs> I said, so it's not, it's not anyone else. No one else controls yeah. whether or not your day I told is him good or this, bad. I told him this morning, I was like, be a gift for this person, you know. Um, and he's like, okay, daddy, you know. <laughs> and he was so, so great when he got home from school, he said, <laughs> he said, mommy, he said, it was such a good day. He said, they, the person was very nice today. Right. I said, oh, really? And they said, yeah. He goes, I think it was because I prayed for them. Yeah. And so then a little bit later, he said, mommy, I didn't pray like this. <laughs> and so he showed me like folding his hands and just praying very outwardly. You know, he's like, I, I did it in my mind so they didn't know that I was praying for them. Right. I think when it comes to other people, maybe even the evil one himself, when you recognize that people were created by God right. and are therefore, by that very fact, you know, um, good. Right. And um, and even though they might do things which are against their nature, which are perverted, um, uh, disordered, you know, you... God looks past those things when he sees you. He doesn't right. see you. Thank God. Uh, we, I mean, and it's just the truth. It's right. not just a kindness on his, fa you know, on his part, but it's the truth that he sees you for who you are and, and who you are is not equated to what you do. And the right. same can be true even of the evil one, you know. Uh, people get very scared when they think about demonic and things like that. Um, but, you know... Joy and laughter are are an easy cure for that. You know, seeing people for who they are, even if they're coming at you. That's why Christ can look at the people who are tormented and cry 
and weep because he loves them so much. You know? Right. So true. The other part of it is, is that we have to realize how it affects us in general is that we, the knowledge of the goodness of someone should help us to recognize why, why there is a tension that is present within us. That there's this tension that that's there because it is contrary to our human nature. So even though Christ sees through the things that we do, we feel attention because it's not, we know that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what we're called to be doing. So like when I raise my voice at the kids, I always feel attention and a guilt as it's happening. And the moment that it's occurring afterwards for days afterwards, you know, right. And children and their goodness, and especially our children and their goodness, they never, I mean, they don't, they don't think about that. They don't, you know, hold on to that and, and hold it over our heads oh, or no. my head. No. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And they see right through that. Right. It's it's actually really humiliating. Makes me want to cry when I think about it. I know. <laughs> you love us so much. Ugh. Gosh. Um, and so that is definitely a really, really beautiful thing that comes out of mm-hmm. of this awareness is of course realizing your goodness right and that the enemy is not an enemy of uh is not necessarily an enemy of you as much as they are trying to be an enemy of your human nature and pursuing you because they don't want you to know how good you are they don't want you to know the enemy is does not want you to know that you are made in the image of god right but when you're heading in his direction like in rule one those people who are heading away from god and heading from mortal sin to mortal sin, the devil or, you know, the the enemy in a way uh, makes you feel good about it, right? He entices right. you with all these delights and he makes you uh, just want to crave that pleasure or, you know, your ego more and more, greed, you, you name it, you know? Right. And, it, and it's blinding. You know deep down, but, but you can almost destroy your conscience by just repeated abuse of, of giving in to these vices to where you can barely feel that pricking of your conscience anymore. But in this scenario, the it is the good spirit's agenda to make you aware of that pain, you know, to, to right. you know. And so that was sort of the, the last episode where we got into that. And But for those of us, Hopefully, all of us, all of us who are listening, listening, yeah, to this, you know, the second rule kind of applies more to those people who have chosen Christ, you know, who have, um, through the grace of God, started to pursue Christ and holiness, and you know, I want to be good, I want to be a saint, and right. So now, the uh, good spirit. Is, is they're doing contradictory actions, right, you know? Yeah. So, so no. in Rule 2, the text of Rule 2 is, in persons who are going on intensely purifying their sins and rising from good to better in the service of God our Lord, the method is contrary to that in the first rule. For then it is proper to the evil spirit to bite, sadden, and place obstacles, disquieting with false reasons, so that the person may not go forward. 
and it is proper to the good spirit to give courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspirations, and quiet, easing and taking away all obstacles so that the person may go forward. Yeah. When I, you know, we talked a little bit last time, but when I had that encounter with Christ in college and I started to pursue him, I can, that's when that whole, uh, the second part of that rule really um, manifested in my spiritual life, understanding what real peace and resting in the Lord is and uh, the consolations that he gives to to those who are, um, you know, going from... Um, good to better. Good to better, yeah. Um, but one of the temptations, uh, I hope I'm not sidetracking us too much, is to cling on to the consolation itself rather than God. Right. Yeah. And, and I can definitely see that manifested in my life previously and then I see it on a lot of young adults where like you know I used to get all these consolations in prayer and I don't anymore and you know you start to just crave that and you want to relive maybe that initial encounter that you had had right. or those kind of things which um, we talked about that too before just in in the in the parallel thought of like how how it was when you and I were together you know I said that like we weren't together anymore, but when we were first dating, you know, like going through courtship that when we were, I remember telling someone the other night, I said, if I, if I always clung to the feeling that I have when Jason asked me to marry him instead of pursuing good and better with him, right? then how ridiculous does it sound for me to try to recreate that? You know, let's go back to that same restaurant. Let's get another ring and let's. Right. Let's have you get down and make a nervous, <laughs> nervous speech to try to win my heart over and over again because I want to feel that exact same thing. Right. And it just doesn't happen, you know, that because we, we are all growing, we are all moving hopefully towards God and becoming more like him. And so if that is occurring, then there has to be something good and better. Yeah. I would say then you've lost sight of who you love. Right. And you've traded him for feelings for right. uh, you know um the consolations that he gives you've gotten things confused you know exactly um, and so here in this rule it's important to look at it in the sense of what's the evil spirit doing what's the good spirit doing and so if you remember in the first rule it was someone that was going from mortal sin to mortal sin and the evil spirit was enticing them and giving and continuing to draw them away you know, either through imagination or through thought, false, false promises of pleasure. And then the good spirit was the one who was biting yeah. and stinging and trying to get them to turn around and head mm-hmm. towards God. And so now it's, it's completely turned to 180. And so now this is a person that is continually going towards God, intensely purifying their sins, rising from good to better. And the evil spirit bites, bites stings, saddens, places, obstacles. And so um, it just causes discomfort. Right. And the the evil spirit's goal here is not necessarily to immediately make you sin, but is to upset you Mm, and interfere with your action toward God. I I think um, one thing that we talk about repeatedly in the School of Humanity is where the evil one always goes to first you know is to attack your identity right. that's how he gets you you know the whole like when you say sadden i mean 
and discourage you, you know, when you're trying to pursue holiness, usually he starts with attacking you on your identity, right? Right. Like who you are. I have an extremely good example of that. Yes, please. Um, so I think it was, it had to have been a year and a half ago, if not more than that. You know, I was going to daily mass a lot and uh, was taking all three of the children, right? Because no one was in school at this point. And so I was taking all the, all the kids with me and you were at work. So, I mean, it was just me right, daily and three mass. kids going to daily mass. Did right. I say daily mass? I don't know. Um, but we're going to daily mass and... You know, they're at this point, they're five, four, and two, maybe even five, three, and two. And so we're all at mass. And, you know, they, we would sit in the back. Sometimes when we first started going, we would sit because the way that it is at resurrection, they meet in the chapel. The mass takes place in the chapel for daily mass. And so then the main church or the nave is open and there's windows in between each. So sometimes we would sit in the nave and we would just. Um, listen as best we could because sometimes the doors were open and I would have already read this, the readings and then be able to take part in mass that way before we had moved you know, beyond the glass and we were in there. And so it happened to be a daily mass when the kids were a little rambunctious. And I had already been in masses before where I would get funny looks or people would get up and move because the kids were too loud or something right? Um, or too distracting for them. But, you know, there were always these consolations of people telling me that they were fantastic. Well, this one particular day, I mean, they weren't as bad as they they normally, I mean, they weren't awful. Um, but Gemma was just talkative. And so after Mass was over, we were closing up and there was this man sitting near the front. And he turned around and just stared me down. I mean, probably gave me some of the most evil looks that I'd ever experienced. And I remember thinking, is he looking at me? Like maybe he's, and he wasn't even necessarily looking at me as much as he was looking at the kids. And so, you know me, I probably should have just left, but I didn't. I walked around to where he was just to intentionally find out if it was him, if he was, if he had a problem with me or the kids. Mm -hmm. And so I walked around and I said, um, which this was not the right thing to do in hindsight, but I walked around and I said, uh, I said, hope you have a good day. And he says, you need to get your kids under control. And I remember just being <clears throat> shocked. Right. And there was this really sweet old lady behind him, and she was praying the rosary, and he just he just kept on. He said, you know, when my kids were that age, and I mean, given, he was this is probably like in the 40s or 50s when his kids were that age. Um, but he said, you know, when my kids were that age, they never acted like that. You know, they don't. That one right there, I mean, look at him. How ridiculous. <laughs> Talking about Jeremiah and just going on and on about how bad he thinks my kids are and that I need to get control over them. Right. And um, and I said, well, you know, I, I think that peace is not necessarily something external, sir, as much as peace should be something that you should gain internally. And he said, we're not talking about peace. We're talking about being quiet at Mass. <laughs> no, I and, think we're talking about <laughs> peace. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I just told him, you know, to have a good day. And I started to walk out and the lady behind him tried to offer me consolation. But I was so distraught at this point in my spirit and had given in so much mm-hmm. um, that I wasn't able to hear it at the time. But she just told me that it was beautiful and she thought I was great, that they were all great kids. And so I immediately walked out to um, 
the grotto area that we used to have at Resurrection, and now we're, we have our new building going up, so it's not there anymore, but I remember going out to the grotto area, and I sat down with the kids because we would always go out there to say hello to Mary, to our Blessed Mother, they before would ask. we went home. They would ask, you yeah. know, Mom, can we go see um, our, our Blessed Mother, or can we go see Mary? So we sat down, and I mean, I just broke down. And it wasn't until later when I realized talking to you, talking to Blake and right. that the enemy had really just come in and said, you're not a good mom. Right. Yep. Your identity. And it was like, you're not a good mom because you don't, why would you bring your kids here? Right. You know, you're not a good mom because a good mom's kids would be quiet at mass. Yeah. Because clearly, a, you know, a three-year-old <laughs> is going to totally be perfect at mass. And you know, you're not a good mass because you shouldn't even bring your children to mass. Yeah, you're not a good mother. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a good mom because you would you shouldn't bring them here in the first place. Yeah, which is a ridiculous which notion. Which is ridiculous, but you don't, you know, once Which you believe the, it. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't like I immediately sinned, you know. It was that I had stopped believing in truth at that point. Right. So there you were, a mom, three kids going to daily mass, beautiful, amazing, that's rightly ordered. And pursuing, you know, going from good to better, and the enemy comes in, and immediately he uh, challenges you on who you you are. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling Jason earlier about how there's that hashtag going around about fake news. Right. (laughs) And that, um, I always say that the fake news stuff is, is really just someone trying to distract us, you know. And so, I mean, the enemy is the, is the king of fake news, you know, and it even says here that he disquiets you with false reasons. And I mean, it makes you think that something is terribly wrong. Like I remember thinking, I'm probably doing my children disservice by right. by bringing them to mass, right? Which is like you said, just completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but the other thing to recognize too in this is that the good spirit is at work too. Right. Is that the evil spirit is causing discomfort and sadness and trying to just interrupt you. But the good spirit is offering you courage and strength. Right. And in this case, um, I mean, I think it was me or it may have been Blake um, that came up to you and and just reaffirmed you and who you are. And so as the body of Christ, you know, a lot of times it's, it's our neighbor who comes up and tells you, you know, like, Hey, listen, you're amazing for bringing your kids to daily mass. Are you woman, kidding me? You know, the you know, woman the right woman, behind yeah, them. Exactly. So it may not necessarily even be a, an internal inspiration, but it may be from another, you know, a neighbor. You know? Right. And I remember, too, even that night, because it happened on a Tuesday. And I remember because that night we had the School of Humanity. Right. And my spirit was still so distraught within me. Um. And I was sharing it with the young adults and how all of them, it was so beautiful because they were all just like, well, we'll all go to mass with you. you right. <laughs> and, uh, and you just tell us who this is, you know. We got your back. <laughs> right, exactly. But it was just so beautiful to um, to see them all try to reaffirm right. that truth as well. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that is definitely I what mean, the enemy attacks. That's really encouraging for all of us. I mean, we should always try to be Christ to other people all the time, you know, because you never know when that person who had just been, you know, threatened on their identity needs a good, you know, pick-me-up, so to say, you know, has 
temporarily forgotten who they are right. and has identified themselves with maybe a sin, you know? Right. Because that's a lot of times what he does is he'll be like, you're not, you're not good. Look at you. Look at what you do. Right. You know, you're not actually a Christian. You're not called to be a saint. Right. Look and at what you enemy, do. And for the enemy to take something as beautiful as going to mass, you know, forget the fact that I'm, I was going with the children, but just the act of going to mass. Right was trying to pervert that in such a way that it was something that I didn't want to do anymore. Right. And I would say it still is very hard, you right. know, going back to daily mass because there's this huge fear right. that someone is going to, uh, to act in that way, either get up and leave or, you know, and I had that too. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, there's this, and now there's this, this sort of evil seed that's been planted there. And so the struggle in your heart is, is the real me, you know, this, you know, sin that I identify with, you know, or this, you know, I'm not a good mom, you know, sort of notion, or is the real me that I'm a good mom, you know? And right. and we, we almost find it harder to believe that we could be good. You right. Know, and that who we are is good per se, you know? It's true. <laughs> we forget we're, we're the image and likeness of God. And when we forget that and we identify with what we do and with our sin, we give so much weight to to sin, you know? Right. Uh, we let it steal our entire life from us, you know? So we become true. so discouraged. And uh, we have got to become aware of that tactic. I, I cannot stress that enough to our young people who are listening. You have got to become aware of that tactic of the evil one. The next time you feel heavy of heart, the next time that you feel uh, discouraged, if you take confused. a look or confused, if you take a look, you've, you, your, your, identi your identity has been challenged. Right. Yep. You don't think that you're good anymore. Right, and the yeah. enemy of human nature. Yeah. Is is base is distracting you, well, you know, yep. feeding you with fake news, yep. and so it is definitely such a, um, it lifts a big part of the heavy burden to know that the, this has a name, you know, this discernment of spirits is something that gives you the power to recognize what's going on, it gives you the awareness to know what will occur on a day-to-day -day basis. I love this, uh, the thought that if you wake up in the morning and you don't red, run headfirst into the devil, then you must be heading in the same direction. Right, right. <laughs> so with that, we end this episode. It always goes so fast. It does go fast. But we appreciate you guys listening, and we hope that you will continue to listen to us banter. And to listen to us as we continue on our own journey of discernment of spirits. We love you and uh, God bless you all. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.